Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back inside Two Guys, One Shaker Cup. Josh Shaw, Ryan Buckeye. I got a cool topic to talk about this week, but... Um, and it's, I'm going to sound like an asshole on this one, Josh. I know I am. I've been thinking about what I want to say. And I think for the first time in all of our episodic history here, I'm going to come off as the biggest prick in the world. And I thought maybe <laughs> once upon a time I came off as a prick back when we were talking about, um, you know, do you have to be in shape to be successful? I thought people thought I was a prick, but now I get an opportunity to discuss why we are so fucking fat in America, Josh. Why are we so fat <laughs> In America, and I want to say first off for the listening audience, I didn't pick this topic. Josh did, so Josh brought this up. So, what's your alternative motive here, Josh? Are you trying to get me in trouble with the audience, or what? Yeah, no, I, I actually I thought this one would definitely trigger you a little bit. That was kind of my uh, motivation behind this topic. Um, but honestly, I think it's also just an interesting conversation in general because. A lot of things, a lot of companies, a lot of like everybody understands that this obesity thing is happening mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people trying to fix it, try to wrap their heads around it. But for some reason, the trend just keeps getting worse. And why is that happening? So it was kind of, you know, you being the fitness informant and, and being <laughs> all around <laughs> that aspect of it. I thought it'd be interesting to cover and just kind of, you know, discuss a little bit. Um, I believe that a lot of people are probably going to be uh, maybe also interested in this topic and, and have their own opinion about it. So I thought it could start some discussion and it'd be interesting for us to cover. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm stoked because I was, I heard a stat the other day that uh, the cause of death in America that was with like type two diabetes is one of the highest causes of death in America, which a direct correlation to type two diabetes is being obese and being overweight. And I just want to throw out some stats as we get into this here. In 2015, 30 million Americans, which is basically almost 10% of our population had diabetes. That's a lot of people. Now, is it all because of obesity? No. Some of it can be hereditary. You can get it through – you can get like prediabetes and stuff through birth. But most of it is due to lifestyle choices. And I, out of that – out of 30 million people, I would say – it's hard for me to say, but like 25 million of them are probably because it's self-induced diabetes. And if you think about the history of America and you think about the history of mankind, like this was never an issue really – 30, 40, 50 years ago. Like, yes, it existed, but now, and, and people listening might be like, well, the population is much higher. We have access to information now, so we're hearing about it more. But I can't, not in my lifetime, I'm 32 years old. I can't ever remember it being as bad as it is today in 2019. Can you? I mean, you're, you're like 50, so what about your lifestyle? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I'm only 34. <laughs> But no, I mean, I actually I did kind of look up a stat because I was trying to figure out what the trend line was on this. And it and it said, I think, in 19 mid mid 1970s, I think it was about 15 percent of the U.S. population had uh, obesity or kind of was suffering from overweight. And then now it's it's 40 percent. So it's yeah. almost half of every American now is considered obese. So. Like you're saying, I mean, it, it's it's happening regardless if it's, um, you know, from a number of different factors, but it's it's happening. I don't think that anybody can refute that at mm -hmm. this point. So we're at this point now where, you know, there's a lot of companies, a lot of individual, you know, all these fitness influencers, all these people touting the next best diet and all these like what is these? Why is this happening? Like, why are why are we? having so much information, we have the most information of any generation ever, yet we can't solve this problem. That's kind of what I'm trying to rack my head around. And, and hopefully we can 
at least get some thoughts around it and, and kind of create some discussion to, you know, maybe, you know, get some interesting takes on this. Yeah. And you mentioned something there that I want to piggyback off of is we have more access to more information now than ever before, which also then gets me to my point that we are so big in America and in the world because we're just lazy as a society. We're lazy as human beings. And what I mean by that is we don't take the time to comprehend the information that's provided, the correct information that, we're, that we can apply to our lives and make the best decisions. Now, look at the food industry. My God, this is a massive industry that just makes so much money uh, by providing overly processed foods. I mean, you think we could talk about this all day long. I worked for a big, big food company, all right? I understand what goes into some of these food items. At the end of the day, people, these things are not good for you. They're coming out, in this, coming out into the market. They're not good for you. But why do people buy them? Because they're quick. They're easy. They have no time. They, we're on this time crunch, which I would love to like, just sit back and figure out, are we really as busy as we think we are? Like Maybe me and you, yeah, I think because we run our own businesses. But the vast majority of people, are we as busy as we think we are that we sacrifice our health for time? And I think that's a big part of it is being misinformed and maybe convincing ourselves of something that we're not. Because, yes, we're busy. Yes, we're always moving. But it's because we got this $1,200 device in our pocket that we sit on Facebook for four hours a day. Literally, like that's a stat. I think it's like four hours a day Facebook gets browsed by people. That's unacceptable. Like, I mean, that's – you're sitting – you, don't tell me you're sitting on a cardio bike. You're not. Now, I do it sometimes when I'm at the gym. But most people are doing it on their couch, watching TV, whatever it might be. And they're not getting up and exercising, which is my point number two. So there's – Again, I could go off on this. There's three points for me that I want to start now. One, we are, we're not taking the information provided to us, applying it to our lives, which then would then change the type of foods that we eat and also get us off our asses and do some type of activity, whether it is walk your dog, CrossFit, bodybuilding. I don't care. Just do something. That's the biggest issue that I have with people who are out of shape. It's self-induced obesity. It's For the most part, that's really what it is. There might be a small percentage in this world that comes from just bad genetics, but most times it's, you got to get out there and do something, Josh. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, the, the activity level, the, um, you know, I don't want to sound like one of those people that say, you know, back in, back in my day, but since you called me 50, I figure, yeah. you know, why not? Uh, <laughs> but if you think when we were kids, I mean, it, it's a different way of life, I think. Um, the world around us was much different. So we had an activity level that was much higher. And then now with the computer generation and things like that, I mean, I'm not advocating that our way was better. I think that the world is different. So now right. the, the kids have to um, adapt to that new world, but it's also hurting them and it's kind of creating this, this cycle of, of inactivity that unfortunately is is, is going to you know kill them. It's mm -hmm. going to be one of those things that you know, is going to be the, the demise of them. I think you said, you know, the, the amount of people that have diabetes, I, I think I looked up about 400,000 people, I think a year die from, from some type of weight, um, mm -hmm. induced type of, of causes. So it's, it, it's kind of one of those uh, crazy things that we have to wrap our head around. And I don't want to be, you know, one of those conspiracy theorists or something, but I know people that are listening to this are probably going to start throwing out some allegations towards certain people, maybe that they are uh, persuading or giving us um, some information that maybe is, is end up hurting us. Uh, one being like the government or like with them kind of coming out with 
certain standards on mm-hmm. what we should be eating, and that might not necessarily be exactly what we should be eating. Um, those are usually geared around uh, what lobbyists and, right. and big, powerful organizations uh, want us to to eat, you know, with sugar or carbs or, or whatever it is, the certain uh, organizations that have some very strong pull in, in, in Washington, D.C. could be causing that. And that, to your point about misinformation or just kind of consuming the wrong information, even if you are consuming information that you believe maybe is is valid or or something that is is should be taken as the Bible or something, uh, it might not necessarily be coming from the right perspective that you need for health. It might be coming from what agricultural or mm. uh, industry is is trying to pay the most of money to to get the laws in place to change what we should be eating. So that might be something to consider a little bit because that is some information uh, that most people would think is true, but it, it might not be. And I'm not saying that I don't know. I don't even know the the standards at this point because it's not you know something I do day in and day out. But it's um, but I know that it usually is much different than the way that you and I eat, mm-hmm. and we're not obese. So I don't know if that has any correlation at all, but it, it should be a little bit telling. Yeah. And I, you mentioned, let's, let's talk, let's go back in my day again. It starts at the youth level. I think, I believe when I was in elementary school, I think I had three recesses per day and a gym class. Like these are what we did. Now computers weren't relevant then. There was, there was, we had old apples that we played Oregon Trail on. Okay. That was back in the day. But like there are three recesses in a phi ed class. That's four times in a day that I'm being active as a kid during a school day. In the summer, I'm out and about running around riding bike. Never had a video game system. Once I got a video game system, my life changed. I sat in the basement and played video games. I didn't go outside as much anymore. My parents let me do that. So it's taking away the activity level as a kid, being more connected in the world it is today. Like, the, like you mentioned, the world is completely different. Jobs that require physical skills are being replaced by robots and being replaced by automation systems in which is, are now people are taking desk jobs or office jobs or something where they're being sedentary sitting down. But if that's you, if that's your life then you need to make the decision to do something outside of the realm of work. Like if you used to work in the fields in a farm and you sold the farm and now you took an office job, yes, your life is different. You need to make an, uh, an effort to kind of adapt and make sure that you have that physical activity back in your life. And also when we were younger, the types of food that we, we chose to eat were different. Like I grew up on a farm, so we ate everything from the farm, which is like the most pure source of food you probably can get, depending on how you feed your cattle and whatever. We can get into that in a different day. But then you move into the city and you get away from the farm and now you're eating Kraft macaroni and cheese and you're eating you know, processed deli meats that come in shrink wrap packages which are full of nitrates and all this kind of stuff that people just assume, again, because they're being led to believe by big CPG, by maybe government, whatever, that these are the foods that they should be eating. But within each food group, there's different types of quality of food. So it's a, definitely a huge combination of everything. But if you look at weight gain in its simplest form, it's the equation, right? Calories in versus calories out. That is, that is how we, our weight fluctuates. If you bring in more calories than you burn, you're going to gain weight. So if you're eating too much and not working out enough, you're going to gain weight. It's very simple. Um, so I don't want to overcomplicate this because there's guys out there like uh, Lane Norton, for instance. He's a doctor. He talks about this quite a bit on Instagram. Like we can blame sugars. We can blame soda. We can blame everything. But at the end of the day, we need to look at that equation and figure out where are we going wrong? What side of the scale are we going wrong on? And our mutual buddy, Mark Lobmeyer, just posted something like the other day about how we used to think that physical fitness was 90% diet, 10% exercise. Well, that pendulum is swinging a little bit. It's still very important in terms of nutrition, but exercise is becoming more increasingly important 
because of the world that we live in and how sedentary we've become as, as individuals. So, I, I mean, it's, a, it's an epidemic, Josh, and it's really bad. Like, it's really bad to the point that our healthcare costs are as high as they are because of this. Like, that, I mean, there's so many things come from it. And you hear people, they'll say this, I just want to live my life. Well, how much longer are you going to be able to live that life if you keep living that lifestyle? So I, I question, it just upsets me because I see somebody that has kids, maybe a wife or a husband, and they just choose to not care. And I just don't understand why that is because the stats are not in their favor. Yeah. Yeah. And getting back to that, you know, I always try to get down to the simplest type of equations as well. And I'm always big about the calories in, calories out type of a situation. And I think that if you get down to the simplest form and, and people understand that, um, it can make a world difference. But when you have very small changes in that, say, I think like 100 calories a day you consume over. So maybe that's one uh, 12-ounce Coke or something mm. like that, if that's how you, you think about it. Right. Um, over a year, just that 100-calorie surplus is 10 pounds. Right. So it's one of those things that um, very small changes will make a big difference in people's lives. But also, just cumulatively, that can create a lot of problems because though 10 pounds might not swing you into obesity or, or health concerns or anything, what happens if you continue that lifestyle for seven years or 10 years, then all of a sudden you got an extra 50 to 100 pounds packed onto you? And that's when things really get out of whack. So it's a matter of, you know, drilling this down to like the simplest equation for me and then also understanding a little bit about like what goes in your body. I know that when I was first starting out with anything health or fitness, um, I tracked all of all of my food and, and back and back then in, in college, uh, I don't think there was I can't remember, but I don't think there was any program or anything that I could uh, input that into. So it was very much like you looking at uh, you talk about Mark Globliner. He had uh, he had this um, like spreadsheet or something that would tell you like per ounce, like what exactly, um, was in each food. I remember writing it down like in a, uh, notebook and trying to make sure that I was where bodybuilding.com told me I needed to be for my, mm -hmm. uh, calories for the day. Now that's obviously my fitness pal and there's a bunch of different things right. you can track it that makes it a lot easier now, but it was that early understanding of like what I should be consuming, like how many calories. And then just by tracking it for a, for a good amount of time, I understood like okay, this is about what I eat on a normal basis. This is what I need to do to gain and weight. But I don't think anybody even really gets to that level at all. They, they don't even really understand how their body is reacting to maybe different foods or different amount of calories or, or whatever it is. But I think getting down to that level, it would create a bunch of, of help. Um, I just don't know if people, if it's too complicated, it's too overwhelming. I don't know what the reason why they don't normally get to that level. Maybe it's just not curiosity. Mm -hmm. They just figure, you know, they'll, they'll fix it by themselves and they don't need to worry about, right. um, getting down to that level. But that's to me, I think was just super important because I think that if just a hundred calories is, it makes a world of difference over a year. If you're just continuously eating or drinking, um, an extra hundred calories can, can wreck everything. It's not, not like we're talking about, you know, somebody that's eating a Big Mac meal every day and that's the person that's getting obese. It's these small little changes that are causing a bunch of, of problems over time. Yeah. Yeah. I, you hit the nail. I mean, people want to know it's like there's 3,500 calories in the pound. So the, the math that Josh did is absolutely correct. Uh, it can add up super, super quick. Um, and if you think to, I think 
people never knew how much they were actually supposed to eat. I mean, I don't think anybody really ever knew. There weren't macro calculators, say, 20 years ago that people were actively using. I think that they were just predispositioned to be eating at certain points in the day, like 7, 12, and 5. And they ate certain foods that actually back then were probably good for you and they maintained their activity levels. And they found a way of life that worked for them. Now, as our incomes have risen in this country, everybody's making more money than we made 20 years ago. But the cost of food has gone up, but not as crazy as a lot of people think it is because it's still – you have like this big consumer packaged good industry doing this big race to the bottom. How can you make stuff the cheapest because there are people who struggle financially, but you're also making more money. So now we can buy more food. We therefore eat more food because we never knew how much we were supposed to eat in the first place. And I would venture to guess like even though we know there's information, Josh, I, I shouldn't be as ignorant as I am to think that – other people, like for in my hometown, the 4,000 people, a town of Medford, Wisconsin, a farming community, these folks have no clue what a macronutrient is or that they even exist. They just assume like 7, 12, and 5 is what I eat. I eat what I want, and I look the way that I look because that's just the way that I'm supposed to be. Uh, so it's, I'm not sure I – wouldn't, I shouldn't say it's lazy at that point. It should just be the information is not reaching everybody. But then to your point, when the information does reach people, they're not doing anything with it. Like my fitness pal makes it pretty idiot proof for you. I mean, you literally can take a picture of what you're eating and it'll calculate how many calories are in that. You can come to my website. I have a macro calculator. You guys can do it uh, old school style with a spreadsheet to tell you exactly like what, how many calories a day you're supposed to be eating based on whatever your activity level is. If you don't lie to the calculator, it'll spit out a number that should be fairly accurate for what you're wanting to do. So I think it's, if, if people actually knew where the, what they were supposed to eat, I think they'd be surprised. Now, on the flip side of that, there are a lot of people that I work with in the fitness realm who are overweight who are not eating enough. And what happens is they don't eat enough so their metabolism has slowed down to the point where it's just not working anymore like it should. So now they're storing fat and they're gaining weight and they're getting frustrated. Well, when you cut your calories down to 1,200 because you're told from somebody – that you should just cut, 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 eat fat-free, eat all this, whatever, your metabolism is going to quit on you. So it is both ways. But I think in the, the bigger scheme of things, it is we're just eating more now than we ever have before, and we're working out less. And that goes right back to that simple equation of calories in versus calories out. Now, I want to ask, like, why don't we work out as much as we used to? Or why don't we work out as much as we can? We have access to gyms and health clubs all over the place. I mean, there are more today than ever before. There are online programs there are youtube videos things that you can do in your living room i mean they now make like this peloton system which you can get a bike and actually do group classes and there's a new thing called mirror i think where which is crazy by the way um so i mean we have access to all this stuff p90x and beachbody all that stuff is still out there but we're still not being active and and i'll ask you josh like what do you think that reason is and why we just choose not to be active as a society as much as we should be being active i mean it's a matter of probably priorities in the sense. Um, I don't think it's a lack of, of availability. Like you said, I mean, I don't think, um, you go, even if you're traveling, every hotel has some adequate piece of either cardio or weight training that you can go to. Um, there's usually a gym within a few miles of that. Um, so there's really no excuse at this point. It, I don't, it doesn't matter if you live in rural nowhere, or if you live in the biggest city, there's, there's some access to gyms or, or something that you can get in your uh, house that will, will give you some activity level that can help you. I'll say for me, I mean, why I said kind of priority is that, um, and 
my story is probably not the same as a lot of the people we're referring to because um, if somebody's watching this on on YouTube, I'm, I'm not overweight at all, and, and there's no real issue. But I mine's a priority of of work. Um, I work a ton, and it's a matter of I know even working in fitness and health um, that I need to get to the gym. I know how important it is. I know how it helps with mental health and a mm -hmm. bunch of different things in my life, but. A lot of times it's tough for me to just get away from work because of how um, how much of a priority it is to me and how much of a focus level it is. And it's pull, it pulling me away um, can derail a lot of what I'm what I'm doing. So that usually is what it comes down to me, why I'm not working out as much as maybe I, I need to. Um, but that's just overall priority is just kind of like an excuse. It's just an excuse overall. I mean, I could do it. It's not a lack of time. I never use that lack of time type of a thing. It's more of the time. I want the time to be used in a different way. And unfortunately, most people are not utilizing it to, uh, you know, a, in, a, in a good way. Like I'm trying to, re I'm replacing working out with trying to better my career, my business, my, you know, earning potential, whatever it is, where most people are exchanging that for um, media consumption or, mm. you know, social media, whatever it is, um, that's where they exchange that at. Um, and I think it's just a matter of they're getting in some way, they're getting some type of, um, hormone or endorphin, whatever it is inside of their brain, they're getting a better reaction to consuming media than they are going to the gym. Oh. And it's just a, like, you know what I mean? It's just a, a priorities or, or excuses or whatever it is, it's exchange of the time. Cause there's, there's a lot more that you can be doing. You're saying like, um, early on we were talking about not that we don't have time or, or that, you know, it's not available. It's, it's more of that. There's so much stuff to do that you can really replace anything at this point, 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of, uh, not utilizing it in the correct way to, to manage your, your health and your weight and, and everything. It's, it's more towards just going towards entertainment, right? Which I think we've swung way too far on, on that pendulum, um, towards entertainment. I think that's kind of where my head's at on it at least. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if I prioritize health number one in my life before anything else, because if I'm not healthy, I'm not living, I can't make money. I can't do the things I want to do. And since working out, it's changed my life. It makes me feel better. And uh, I'm just overall a better person. But you mentioned mental health, like all these things come into working out. It's not just your physical fitness. Like that's a huge part of it. But unfortunately, people decide not to work out until it's too late. They're told by a doctor, now you have diabetes. And they're thinking to themselves, well, shit, if I had dedicated half hour a day to walking around the block or I, my friends and I always say this, if you have a floor, you have a gym, you can do push-ups, sit-ups. I mean, you can do running in place, whatever you might do. So the, it's not, if their excuse ever is like, well, I don't have a gym in my area. We don't need one. Okay. And then the second excuse is I don't have time. I bet you, Josh, 95% of people that tell us that they don't have time to work out. And we actually look through one of their days. We're going to find time and not, yeah. we're not going to take it from sleep. We're not going to take it from family time. We're going to take it from Facebook. We're going to take it from Netflix. We're going to take it from whatever it is. Now, if you're a single mom of three and you have to work three jobs, like, okay, now you're starting to get some excuses that are legit. It's a little bit tougher. My mom had to raise three boys. She worked three jobs. She had literally no time, you know? So, um, but I don't think majority of people aren't like that. Majority of people have time to do something. I, I also think laziness is another key to this too. It's not the easiest thing always to get your heart rate up or to lift weights. Sometimes it's intimidating to walk into a gym. So people just elect to avoid it at all costs or they don't know how. They don't know how to lift weights. They don't know how to train. But again, everybody knows how to walk. Everybody should know how to run unless you physically can't. So that 
there is just an, a, a decision that you need to make. Get up and go. If you want to be on Facebook, fine. Go walk around the block and be on Facebook. Like try to be active at the same time that you're being, uh, you know, that you are consuming media. That's why so many of these office buildings, General Mills included, they installed the walking treadmill desks. I mean, we had them at work, so we're not just sitting down. We have access to stand-up desks. More and more companies are offering employees like the opportunity to live better lives while they have to be in an office job. So type of job too doesn't always matter, but it's just comes down to the willpower of a human being. Like, are you willing to live healthy? And if you are, and you want to make that change for people in your life and for yourself, most importantly, like you'll find a way to do it because to your, to bring us back to the beginning of this podcast, like our access to information is amazing. Granted, it's not all correct, but I mean, you can still find some fairly good stuff out there in terms of like everybody knows what a physical activity is. We've all done it before. Like yeah. we've all played a sport or ran away from the cops or whatever it might be. Like we've all done something. All right. We understand when our heart rate is up that it's hard to breathe. We're doing a physical activity. The food part I can, I can understand is a little bit more difficult. It is complicated, especially with access to all our foods. And then you mentioned something earlier too, like all these diets that come out. It started back with probably the Atkins diet was the one that really – made all these specialized diets kind of a thing now that everybody's touting keto or paleo or whole 30. I mean, it's confusing for, it's confusing for me and I'm in this yeah. industry, right? Like I just, I stay away from all the fad diets because I kind of know what I'm supposed to eat. But if I'm literally trying to make a change in my life and I turn to one of these diets, it might be the wrong decision for them, but they don't know that because they're not educated enough to understand like what that is and what it's doing to your body. And you and I both work in CPG. Like we both, I've, I've looked at ideas for keto before and like internally, I hated it. I did not like the idea of coming out with something for keto because I didn't believe in it. But I also knew from commercially for a business, you can make a lot of money in that area. So I think, you know, if you, if a business can make money in an area, they're going to do it and the consumer is going to consume it. And then whatever happens kind of happens from that standpoint. Yeah. I mean, there's the, the capitalism approach towards, towards all of this. Um, I think, you know, both of us working in, in CPG and, and working for a lot of brands that, uh, uh maybe have, have created things that are not the best uh, for people, but are very good for the bottom line. That's this kind of the, uh, the, the both sides of our, our world that we obviously have to walk down and, and have to understand. I think, you know, we keep touching on this, like, over complication it's you know getting back to the simplest forms unfortunately is kind of where i think everybody can do the best um, amount of help to themselves so you know we all these different diets um, yeah that's super complicated because like which one do you pick and if you do pick one because you're looking for simplicity you're like hey i'm just going to go all in on on whole 30 because obviously a lot of people have done really well let me do this but it might not be right for you to your point ryan like i mean might not be good that might not be how you can live that lifestyle right. um, continuously and not get off track. Um, same with the training aspect of it. They see all these different um, types of exercise. They see all this. They overcomplicate. They think, which one should I follow? Over just getting up and moving, mm -hmm. or in the same sense with the diet, like just making small changes incrementally to um, make sure that it, it, it kind of sticks. Um, that's at least how I initially started because you talked about. Uh, you grew up on a farm, so you had access to all this, you know, fresh, um, great food. Um, I grew up in an old rusty steel town mm -hmm. um, in, you know, one of the poorest uh, uh, cities in the United States. So we had, you know, government cheese. We had, uh, you know, we had ho-hos and Twinkies right. and mac and cheese. That, that was my diet. Uh, I was lucky enough that I was super active in the sports and whatever. So whatever came into me went right back out. It didn't make any difference. But um, 
a lot of people that are still in my hometown are, are, are struggling with it because I think eventually it kind of catches up to you. Mm -hmm. But, um, then you're at that point of overcomplication of everything. It's like, where, where do you go from here? What do you do? And then you have now today, you have a bunch of different, um, capitalistic businesses trying to, um, take advantage of that and use a bunch of different advertising, you know, to try to sway you towards what they need to do. You have big pharma that's kind of telling you, Hey, I got the answer for this. You don't need to worry about making a lifestyle change. All you got to do is take this pill. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. You have, uh, you have all these different uh, social media influencers that are saying they have the answer to all this. They have every, everybody has the answer and it's kind of who do you put the most amount of equity in? Where right. do you think the most amount of, of benefits going to be in I think if I wasn't uh, as educated as I am in this area, it would be daunting to me. I'd be like, what, where do I go from here? And that's why you have, you know, even a bunch of people in your Facebook group, you know, thousands of people that are constantly always asking for advice on things because they are stuck even on the most minute levels of mm -hmm. like, hey, should I take this or should I take this? Though that never really matters. It's like such a minute thing that it doesn't make a difference. People are still, they're getting... Um, overloaded with information and they're kind of getting stalled out on making decisions. So then they go to the easiest decision, which a lot of times comes down to maybe fast food or comes down to something that's like what's available right in their face. Right. And now in 2019, there's constant convenience in front of your face at all times. So if you are kind of stuck in that situation, a lot of people just default to the easiest solution possible and that's getting us in trouble today. Yeah. yeah. And I think the big, the big thing that I hear a lot when it comes to food is eating healthy is expensive. We've heard it all. Uh, we hear it all the time. In the, in, the, in the scheme of what, right? And then this comes back to priorities. What's, what's your priority in your life? Is it paying $120 for a cable bill? Is it paying you know, X amount of dollars for your Verizon cell phone bill? Like, understand we have to have communication devices, but do we actually need to go above? Do we need Sirius XM radio? Do we need the most expensive cars and, and things like that too? Like, you're not going to be around long enough to enjoy these things if you don't make the right decisions to live your life healthy. Now, I think about small rural town, too, as we finish this up, and I think about my hometown and my mom, for instance. She comes over, and I make her a healthy meal, and she doesn't like the way it tastes. She likes the fatty hamburgers from the local bar type stuff because that's, that's what they know. That's what they do. You're not going to change everybody, and we don't expect to change everybody, but if you truly care about people in your life, you need to at least think about it because you don't want to be that person that goes to your annual physical next year and all of a sudden you find out you have type 2 diabetes and you potentially could lose both your legs and your eyesight and that someday you're going to pass away earlier than you should have because you chose to make the wrong decisions. Now, I'm not advocating like don't live your life. Just be smart about it. I, I mean, if you, you can have a lot of fun and still be somewhat healthy, even healthier than you already are. Like don't go out, like you don't need to smoke, drink and eat all these trans fats and everything else. Like it's, it just starts with wanting first off to make a change. And wanting to be healthy, from there try to find people to help you. And obviously, you got to be careful, but you need to want it, or it's just not going to happen. So, if you want something, try to make it happen. Like we can make this change. Otherwise, we're just on this fast track towards like a disaster at some point. It's going to be even worse than it is now. We're not going to be able to afford healthcare. The population is just—I mean, it's just insane to me. Um, and you know, now these. Not, this is completely relevant. I don't know if it's irrelevant or not, but like now we get these things that people prefer the dad bod versus people being in shape, right? We've seen these things before. Now, having a dad bod doesn't mean you're obese by any means, but it's like our attraction levels to others in this world now are changing as well. Like we actually are more attracted to those who might have belly fat than people who are in shape. So it, it's not only like we are choosing to live our lives differently, but now people are 
attracted to that. So that's even more pressure to just let yourself be what you want to be and not have to make a change. Yeah, it's complacency. It's kind of just evolution in the wrong way. Um, a lot of those things are kind of just just creating you know, a level of, of just, like you said, late laziness, um, that could be a level of it. I, you know, I, I want to make sure that whoever's listening to this, like, I don't claim to be an expert, expert on any of this. It's one of these areas that, um, is just super interesting to me. Anything that's like super macro, like what's happening, how do we fix this type of situation is, is something that, um, I get, you know, at least initially interested in. I don't know the answers because I don't have the, uh, you know, expertise to be able to give those things. But I think a lot of things we did talk about here will, um, you know, raise some red flags for people or just make them think a little bit, hopefully. Um, you know, I keep just keep going back to like the small changes thing. It's, uh, it's not rocket science. Um, it's just a matter of wanting to make the change and then just making small enough changes that you don't really notice it. In the same sense of what I was saying about gaining 10 pounds in a year, you can lose 10 pounds in a year just as easy if you kind of make small changes in the opposite direction. So don't overcomplicate it. Don't try to, um, you know, go out the gate and try to add 15 different things to your lifestyle because we all are stuck in our routines. And, and the more that you try to overcomplicate that routine, the more you try to like throw that off, you're going to be less likely to, to keep up with it. So that's just my kind of uh, advice as a, as a lay person in all of this. Uh, and, and hopefully people could get a little bit of value out of that. Yeah. My, my, my takeaway is people are lazy. I'll say it again. People are lazy. <laughs> you have to want to make a change and then, then actually make the change. So do us a favor. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe on the platform that you're listening to, whether it be an iTunes, Spotify, if you're watching via YouTube, if you can re- leave us a review as well, it helps out the algorithm. So more people can discover our beautiful podcast of the two guys, one shaker cup. Uh, so we appreciate everybody's support listening until next time, Ryan Buckeye, Josh Bushaw. Thank you. to our podcast we're on itunes spotify podbean stitcher youtube google podcast and more follow us along on our social media channels we're on facebook two guys one cup instagram and twitter